here's the moment of truth. Anybody in this audience have dyslexia? Show of hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some more. Thank you. We're, it's a, almost a fair assessment. We've got about 20% of the general population has dyslexia. That's one in five people. And I think that dyslexia is most commonly understood as this reading issue. Uh, you know, we have a tendency of flipping our B's and our D's and our Q's and our G's. And that's, you know, I think that's, that's a fair assessment, at least in the, uh, the symptomatic department. But I want to take this opportunity to speak a little bit more in depth about the neuroscience of dyslexia. So we have this outer layer of our brain called the cortex. Okay, and we all know that we have these little things, or maybe we don't know, but we have these little things called mini columns. Okay, and these mini columns serve as telephone poles, if you will. What strings together on these mini columns are our axons. Okay, now people with autism, for example, have axons that are extremely close closely located to, in proximity to each other. And as a result, their axon lengths are very, very finite and short. And as a result, they are able to do these incredibly detailed, highly specific uh, patterns and, and, and behaviors and skills, right? Well, dyslexics are on the other side of that spectrum. We have our mini columns that are spaced very, very far apart. As a result, our axon lengths are significantly longer. And this actually lends to some significant cognitive advantages. We have an ability to look at a situation and identify seemingly disparate pieces of information and blend those into a narrative or a tapestry that makes sense to us that most people can't see. So this translates into an exceptional level of success in four major vocational paths. That's entrepreneurship, engineering, architecture, and the arts. I just want you to please remember that because it comes up later in this discussion. Dyslexia comes with a cost, though, okay? We have an incredibly difficult time doing what's called phonetic decoding. Okay, that's the most complex word I'm going to use, and I hope you're impressed by it. Phonetic decoding is essentially our ability to identify these squiggly lines, translate those lines into a sound in our mind, and then string those sounds together to compose a word. For dyslexics, that takes five times more energy than a normal brain. So to give you a little bit of a historical context on dyslexia, I'll go back and, 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 uh, and, and start off with the first nine-tenths of human existence, right? Societies were largely based on apprentice models, right? From hunter and gatherers down to the trades in more recent times, People learned by observing and then doing kinesthetic learning. Now, this happens to be the wheelhouse for dyslexics. This is our prime opportunity to learn. Then there was this little twist in history. Okay, It was called the Industrial Revolution. And what happened during the Industrial Revolution is the society said, okay, we've got this new form of economy. And what we need to do is we need to educate the masses to become effective worker bees in these, in these factories. Now that dovetailed with the importation of the printing recycling. press recycling. And so everyone was incredibly excited that they had this newfound technology that would enable us to embed knowledge into a format that could then be scaled and distributed on a national level. Now this served society tremendously well, except for the fact that at that very moment, you essentially locked the door on 20% of the population, right? Those of us with dyslexia. So 
what does the dyslexic experience feel like? Of those that raise their hands, we certainly know, but I'll, I'll illuminate it for the rest of you. I ask you to, to kind of take a, take a, a stroll back to that sepia-toned images of your seven, eight, nine-year-old years, right? Where school was this, this sort of this montage of, of recess and, uh, and, and nap time and, 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 and you know, uh, 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 snack time. It was, the world was a really good place, right? And then all of a sudden, at one point, they kind of tighten the screws a little bit. And they said, okay, we're going to introduce our first benchmark of intelligence. They didn't put it that way, but that's what they were doing. They said, we're going to learn how to read. And all of a sudden, for those of us with dyslexia, our world changed overnight. We realized, looking at our peers, that what everyone else was doing effortlessly, we had an incredible time trying to do. And we actually not only failed on day one, but we failed on day two and three and four and so on. And the years started to compound where we were exposed to this level of failure that became so commonplace that we started to wear this, this shroud of shame. There's a, there's a psychologist named Dr. Gershon Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman studies shame. Dr. Kaufman says that people who cannot read or who have difficulty learning how to read feel the same level of shame as people who've engaged in incest. Yeah. So you can imagine what it's like. Again, you see that yourself you know, many, many years ago, and you realize that after a while, you're, you're burdened with this shame, and then all of a sudden you get this reinforcement, negative, albeit. This is Sam Vaughn for Sam's Learning Disability Day. Today's date is Thursday, October 14th, Dyslexia Part 5. Dyslexia of children and adults to reading, influency, spelling words correctly and incorrectly and learn a second language. Other challenges, but these difficult have no connection to their overall intelligence. In fact, it is dyslexia is unexpected difficulty reading and individuals who have high intelligence to be much better readers. While people with dyslexia are slow readers, they often paradoxically, paradoxically, a very fast critical thinker with strong reason, reasoning, reading, com, reading complex. It requires brain to connect letters and sounds and put those sounds in the right order and pull sentences together. Perhaps we can read and comprehend. People with dyslexia have trouble matching letters, and they see with the pages with the sounds those letters and have combinations of letters and making and make. And when they have trouble with these steps, all these steps come together and make it harder. Dyslexia is very common. 20% of the population, representing 80-90% of all of those differences in brain complexity, connectivity between dyslexia and typical readers, children providing a neurological basis for why reading fluency fluently struggle those dyslexia. Dyslexia cannot be cured. It is a lifelong but right supports, supports dyslexia as an individual and becomes highly successful students. In 1886, a Sussex, England, published the first 
description of this disorder, of learning dis disorder of dyslexia that would come to be known as dyslexia. Percy F. aged 14, he has always been a bright, intelligent boy, wrote W.P. Pringle Morgan in the British Medical Journal Quick Ed Games. There is no interfere of his age and his great difficulty has been and is now inability to read, to learn and read. In that brief introduction, Morgan captured the paradox that he has intelligence and has frustrated science for a century since the profound and present difficulties some bright people may face in learning and reading. Here is a real-life situation played out. Peter works so hard with reading, but it never gets easier. He knows he is smart. Why can't he read like others? Peter, Peter has a problem called dyslexia. Dyslexia says that learning some kids have dyslexia make it tougher to read and spell. The problem is inside the brain, but does not mean the person is dumb. Plenty of smart people have dyslexia, but dyslexia keeps the kid down with some help, a lot of work. Kids who learn to read and spell next week will do part six on how does reading happen for dyslexia. This is Sam Vaughn for Sam's, for Sam's Learning Disability Day. We will do more next week. This is Sam.